Hillel and Shammai, they were arguing, but only they wanted to find out what the true halacha is. And at the end, when the halacha, when the hachamim and ruled that the halacha is like Hillel, even Shammai agreed, they accepted it. Also, there were some, uh, some times where Hillel himself reconsidered and they took the, uh, the, the opinion of Bet Shammai, and that was the halakha. So here there is not a question of, hey, either you take my opinion, my side, or nothing. It was all Lishem Shammai to find out the actual truth, the actual halakha. With Korah, it was different. It's me. That's it. I want to be the Kohen Gadol. You, Moshe Rabbeinu, who, who, who told you to put yourself in Melech, to give a Kohen Gadol to, uh, to your brother? You know, it was just uh, a question of uh, slandering Moshe Rabbeinu as if Moshe Rabbeinu did these things on his own. Everything was Alpi Hashem. Now, this, this, this idea of Machloket Korach Vechol Adato means that really there was a machloket between Korach and his followers because each one was looking out for his own self. Korach wanted to be the Kohen Gadol. There were 250 people following that, that, that was with him. They, they didn't care about Korach being Kohen Gadol. They had their own uh, agenda in mind. They, wanted, they were, they were Bechorim. And they were complaining, why was the service of Hashem given to the Levim? It used to be the Bechorim. We are the Bechorim. It should be should given to us. And finally, you had Datan, Aviram, and On Bepelot. They were the Bene Reuven, children of descendants of Reuven. Reuven was the Bechor. He was the firstborn. Being the firstborn, he should be the one to get double portion in Eretz Israel, instead, double portion was given to Yosef, Yosef at Sadiq, to his children Menashe and Ephraim, two different Shebatim. Didn't like the idea. Why should Yosef have the the bechorah? He was not. Reuven was the bechor. So really, each one had his own agenda in mind. The thing is, there are some mifarshim some commentators that say, in a way, they had some good intentions. Let's understand what that means. Even by the Meraglim, some Mepharshim said that the Meraglim, the, this is a parasha we read last week, where the scouts came and gave a bad report. Some, some Mepharshim say that, you know what? When they were in the desert, they had everything they, they needed. Food was coming from heaven. The man. Water, Be'er, the well of Miriam, at Sadiqet. Hmm? Uh, clothing, they had clothing. Same clothing all the time, grew with them. Shoes, had everything. So what did they spend their time on? Spiritual matters. Learning the misvot of the Torah. And if they had any questions, hey, you have the... The best teacher we ever had, Moshe Rabbeinu, was there. So they figured perhaps if they, they would go to Eretz Israel, this thing is going to end. Now they have to work. They have to spend time for Parnassah. They have to spend time with their families. They have a 
then when where would he there won't be no, mu, that much time for spiritual matters so some of Hashem said well they had some good intentions Korach well what did he want he wanted to be Kohen Gadol that's uh, Kohen Gadol that's the biggest Kedushah he's the only one that goes into the holiest place which is the Kodesh HaKodashim during the holiest day on Yom Kippur and he goes in there He's the only one that could do that. He was aspiring for that. So you say, well, he had some good intentions. The thing is, the main thing in our Torah and our mitzvot, it's not our intentions. It is what the Torah prescribes. If the Torah says, you do this, that's what you do. Let me give you a, an example from the Tanakh. Shaul HaMelech. Shaul HaMelech was our first king. Shemuel came to Shaul one day and he says to him, Oti shalach Hashem lemoshchacha lemelech, HaKadosh Baruch sent me and I anointed you as a king. Right? Now, listen to the command of Hashem. Here's the command. Lech vihikitat amale. Go and smite amale. Eliminate everything and get rid of everyone. Man, woman, everybody. Mishor atzeh. Whether it's an ox, whether it's a lamb, a donkey, what, everything. So Shaul went to war with Amalek. But, Vayachmol Shaul, he had a little compassion and he brought the best of the, of the cattle. And why did he bring him in? He figured in his mind, well, I'm going to have good intentions. I'm only bringing this because I would like to give the best sacrifices to Hashem. So when Shemuel met him, he said to him, what would you do? He says, look, you know, I, I, this is, you know, I have good intentions. I did it for, you know, for Hashem. He said, wait a minute. Hashem, Hashem is not interested in your intentions. Hashem gave you a specific command. Get rid of everything, including the animal. You didn't. That's how Shaul lost his kingship. And was transferred over to David HaMelech. Rabotai was supposed to listen to the command of Hashem. Not make cheshbonot in our own mind what would be the best. That doesn't work. We have a similar situation also in the Tanakh with King Chizkiyahu. Can't imagine what a good king he was. He was a tzaddik, almost was, was going to be a Mashiach. He made sure everyone learned Torah all over the kingdom. Yet he got sick and Ishayahu and Navi came to him and he told him, this is it. That's the end of his life. He's not going to recover from it. He said, why? Look how great I am. Yeshivot all over the place. Kids learning all over. He says, no, you did not listen to the command of Hashem, of Piriyah Verivya. You're supposed to get married. You didn't. You're supposed to have children. You didn't. 
So he says to him, wait a minute. I saw in Baruch HaKodesh, you know, prophetically I saw that my kid's going to be Reshaim. That's why I didn't get married. He says to him, your job is not to see the future. It is not to look and make cheshbonot what is the best thing for you to do. Your job is to do what Hashem says to you. There is a command, a mezvah of You should have done that. So he says to him, okay, look, uh, you're a Navi, I'm a very good king. Maybe your zechut, my zechut, give me your daughter. We'll get married, we have good children. And the Navi says to him, forget it. It's already, the Gezerah came out already. That's it. So he says, okay, okay, finish your uh, prophecy and okay, go ahead, go away. I. Then he turns and he prays to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he prays so intently, pours his heart to him. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells him, okay, he's going to live another 15 years. And he got married and he got children. And he was right. King Menashe, who succeeded him, was his son, was a Rasha. That's how bad it was. But the idea is, we follow the command of Hashem. We don't try to make Heshbonot on our own. Don't try to second guess the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Don't try to be better than the Master. Do what he says. That is the idea behind it. Now, last week, Parashat Shilach Lecha, we had a case of Tzlofchat ben Chefer. What happened with Tzlofchat ben Chefer? It says that the Bnei Israel, while they were in the desert there, Vayimtseu ish mekoshesh etzim beyom hashabbat. They found a man that was gathering and it was plucking actually you know, uprooting the twigs from from the floor this is ketzira which is isur uh, Torah uh, on Shabbat and the fact that he says vayim meaning that there were people that found him meaning that they were the witnesses they gave him the warning not to do so and he did anyway so they brought him and they 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 put him uh, in a bemishmar, you know, in a, uh, you know, on, under guard for a while. Kilo porash aselo, because they didn't know what to do, what kind of mita to give him. In other words, they knew that he was chayav mita. Has to be. Why it has to be? Because part of the warning, when you warn someone not to do, not to be mehalal shabbat, you have to tell them, listen, if you are mehalal shabbat then the punishment is going to be execution. He has to know that. Because if he didn't know that, then you cannot, you know, you cannot execute him. So that was part of the deal. They knew it was Chayav Mita, but they didn't know which Mita it was until Hashem came and told them, Ragom Abanim is Chayav Skila. Now, Rabbi Akiva says that Mekoshesh Esim that was Tzlofchad. And the Chachamim would say that Tzlofchad, or at least one opinion, according to one opinion, he had good intentions. 
What was his intention? So, okay. Perhaps people are a little bit lax with the, uh, the command of Shabbat. I am going to teach them. I'm going to show them that if someone is Mechalel Shabbat and he's warned and there's witnesses that he would be Chayav Mita, then they will take Shabbat, the, the command of Shabbat, much more seriously. In other words, in his mind, he wanted to create a deterrent. People should see what the punishment is for someone who desecrates the Sabbath. So he had good intentions, right? But that is not it. I mean, the Midrash says that, that if the Bnei Israel had kept two Shabbatot, one after the other, the first, then the, the Rabbin uh, Geulah forever. So that means he, what he did was not right, was wrong. Agadush Baruch Hu says, Shamor et Yom HaShabbat Keep the Shabbat. It's a holy day. And he's going to make Hishbonot in his mind, going to make all kinds of reckoning. Oh, no, maybe I'll do this, I'll do that. That's not it. When Hashem says you don't, you don't. But, see, th- th- this, is, this is the lesson that we're learning from there. You don't make your own thinking in your mind. Because once you start thinking, doing this logically, then it, it really defeats the whole purpose. When the Torah says, thou shalt not kill, it means thou shalt not kill regardless. So a person says, you know what? This man is suffering. Maybe if I give him, if I kill him, it's okay. You know, fine. You know what? And people start thinking of, hey, I relieve his, suff- his suffering, so maybe I, I'm allowed to. The Torah says no. Oh, they used to do experiments on human beings. Many times, of course, they would, they would die as a result of the experiments. Why? Oh, they had good intentions. For science purposes. For medicine. Are you joking? What kind of convoluted logic is this? A command from the Torah has to be taken absolute. Well, we see something, though, that the 250 people that brought in the mahtot, the fire pan, even though they were not supposed to, but being that they had some kind of good intention to bring it to Hashem, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, you know what? You take these and you hammer them out into sheets and you cover the holy Mizbeah Akatorit with it. You understand? This is the altar. You cover the, or- the altar with it. Now, you would say, this is a Shaim. Well, but still, there was a little bit of Kedusha in there, even though they were a Shaim. And at the same time, if you notice, the Pasuk says, Zikaron libne Israel. This is going to be a reminder to the Bnei Israel. Asher Krab ish zar. A foreign person cannot, who's not 
a descendant of Aaron, that means he's not a Kohen, he cannot do this, this uh, service of the ketoret of incense. Cannot do it. And he should not do like what Korach and his followers did. Then the pasuk ends up like this. Ka'asher diber Hashem beyad Moshe lo. Beyad Moshe. As Hashem spoke beyad Moshe, with the hand of Moshe. Actually, what you should say is ka'asher diber Hashem el Moshe. This is the way it should be. We say beyad, with the hand. What does that mean? What is the significance of this word yad, hand over here? Uh, you know, Russia actually brings this. Let me let me go back a little bit uh, in Parashat Bereshit. Uh, uh, excuse me, in Shemot, when Akadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, "I'm going to give you two signs," because when Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu to go be the redeemer, he said, "Ah." Maybe they're not going to believe me. Maybe they will not believe me. Maybe they, they will not listen to, to, to what I'm telling them. But Hashem said, don't worry. The believers. And on top of that, I'm going to give you two signs. What was the first sign? He said, you take your staff throw it on the floor, and the staff turns to a snake. That's what he said, turn to a snake. I said, okay, now you, you touch the, the, uh, 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 the tail of the snake, and what happens? Becomes a staff all over again. She says, yeah, it's beautiful, great miracle. Then he says to him again, take your hand, put your hand in your bosom, take it out, and lo and behold, hand is full of tzarat. Well, we explain, uh, usually tzarat, we uh, translate as leprosy, but it was a special kind of leprosy. It was tzarat. Let's call it tzarat. He puts his hand back, takes tzarat again, everything's fine. Now, why did Hashem pick on, this, on these two simanim, these two signs? There's a reason for everything. As we know, the snake was the first being, the first creature that spoke Lashonara. And Rashi brings that also. He brings it in, in, uh, in Parashat Bereshit. What, 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 what happened there? Because when he was inciting uh, Chava to eat from Etz Hadat, Etz Hadat Tovara, and she was hesitating, so he told her, you know, don't worry. Every craftsman has no regard, disregards, yet he hates any craftsman of his own, uh, his own discipline. Like a, 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 a carpenter does not like to have another competition from a different carpenter. A musician doesn't like to have... A, the competition from another musician, and so on and so forth. So, Shalom, who he knows, so he didn't like the idea that someone else also 
should know. That's why he told you not to eat from that. The biggest Lashonah that could be. The second sign, put your hand in, take it out, Tzarat. Now, what sin gets a punishment for Tzarat? Lashonah. We know this from Parashat Metzorah. A person has Motsi Shemra, he gets Sarat. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu was telling Moshe Rabbeinu, he gave him these two signs, he says, you just spoke a little, you took down the Bnei Israel. you told them, they're not, maybe they won't believe me, perhaps they're not going to listen to me. Well, I'm giving you a sign, you know, Lashonara is Tarat. That's what he was trying, Akadosh Baruch was trying to give Moshe Rabbeinu a hint that this is Lashonara. Rabbutai, Lashonara is a great sin. And the punishment, of course, we say, as we saw in the Torah, is a tarad. But there's much more than that. You can destroy a person with Lashonara. I think I'm going to end with this a small story about a great sage, a man who was a Torah giant, a hacham that wrote 12 volumes, almost an encyclopedia, about halakha. His name was Rabbi Cheskel Midini. He wrote Sdechemet, we call Sdechemet. Unbelievable that the man could write such voluminous work and he tells the story there are slight variations of this story but all uh, uh, give the same uh, the same message when he was an abrech in the yeshiva in a kolel a young man and obviously being uh, he was uh, a, a very very smart person there were other kolelim over there uh, and there were some someone that was uh, uh, jealous, and they really wanted to uh, uh, you know, talk him down. So they noticed that there was a young lady there that came every morning, early in the morning, and take care of the the color area and clean it up, whatever. And the only one that was there very early in the morning to come and learn was Rabbi Cheskel Medini. was the only one. A tremendous matmid. So they told her they're going to pay her big money. And all she has to do is, one day she'll come, she'll go out in the street and scream that that young man there was abusing her. That's all she has to do. And this other young man will give her a lot of money. Well, she did. Crowd gathered and so on, everything, oops. And of course, the, the name of this great sage was tainted. But the Rosh Kolel, when he came and he looked at this holy man, it was everything was. He was oblivious to what was going on. All he wanted was 
learn and learn with diligence, with piety. It's impossible that such a young man could could, could possibly do whatever this woman was accusing him of. So he didn't do anything to Rabbi Medini, let him there, but he fired the girl. Now, the girl had some money, tried to get employment, but she couldn't get in. She had some money, but the money could last how long? Six months, eight months? Eventually, she had no more money, and she couldn't get employment either because of what she did. So what did she do? She came back to Rabbi Medini, and she was begging him to help her. Please, get me some kind of a, of a job. And I will go publicly and tell everybody that I framed you. I will tell them that this, this young man who told me, paid me in order to do this for you. So, uh, you know, first he said, oh, whatever, that, that's going to clear his name for good. But then he said to himself, by clearing his name, the other person is going to be really tainted for life. They said to her, you know what? No, don't say anything. But I will help you get a job. He did help her. She got a job by some other wealthy guy. But because of his tzitkut, he would not go ahead and talk down someone else. How many people would have this strength of character after they go through so much and they have a chance for revenge, but they don't do anything. They just sit. You know, actually, we see something similar here by Korach with Moshe Rabbeinu. <laughs> when, when Korach started the fight, Moshe Rabbeinu did, what did he do? He said, he tried to push him over to the next day. Maybe they'll change their mind. What happened after that? Vaishlach uh, Moshe, he he sent you know uh, 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 that he sent people maybe make shalom you know uh, reconsider and and Rashi says mikan she'en mahzikin b'mahloket you know a person should not be it tough and keep up the, 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 the strife and the quarrels going on. Shehaya Moshe Mahazera Kharem Lihashliman Bidibre Shalom because Moshe Rabbeinu actually was trying to make shalom. Despite the fact that he had they 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 uh, they slandered him and so on. But Moshe Rabbeinu was not going to get to that low Madvega of the Korach. It was a much higher much holier person. And he didn't. He tried. And from here we learn that a person, even if he is insulted, whatever, try to keep quiet. Because if you answer, it's going to escalate and escalate and escalate until there's no end. Let's learn from Rabbi Yechizkel Medini, 
Let's learn from Moshe Rabbeinu that Lashon Ara doesn't pay off. And if, if God forbid there is a problem, there's trouble, we should try to hold out, to have the strength of character, not to fight back, but try to find a way, a peaceful way to uh, settle the problem. Rabotai, I just want to wish you again Shavua uh, Tov to all of you. I want you to make sure not to forget this beautiful station and try to help as much as possible. And as usual, let me just uh, invite you to come and take a look at our beautiful uh, social hall. If you have any simha, please contact us. We'll be able uh, to accommodate, accommodate you. Shavua Tov, Tiskula Misvot.